I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. My guest today is currently the top fundraiser for Shake It Up for the Sydney Marathon, sitting at a whopping $17,000 already. So to tell us more about that and his connection to Parkinson's, please welcome Mark Van Hammond. Thanks for having me, Amy. Okay, do we want to jump straight into the marathon up top? Tell us how how's the training going? It's actually going really good, tough wood. Goal number one is don't get injured. Uh, 43 now, but um, it's like, as that's progressing, that I've only had one minor little knee niggle last Friday. I've run, I've ran a 30K a couple of weekends ago. It was meant to be 26. I felt really good. So I thought I'd put two extra Ks on it that turned into four. And, yeah, um, helps with the confidence. And then step back last week to 25, and then I'll go back to 29 or 30 this weekend. Getting up at quarter past five, three or four times a week. And so, yeah, just 10Ks this morning. So, yeah, I'm sort of surprised how well the body's adapted and goal one of not getting injured has currently been achieved. Fantastic. That's kind of the most important goal, isn't it? And I do love that in that sentence you said, I just did 10Ks this morning, which for most of us mere mortals, we're very excited when we do 10 kilometres. Is running something that was a part of your life prior to this? Yeah, uh, like 10 years ago, I was super fit. And then just over a journey of uh, changing jobs, kids, COVID, slipped backwards. And then there's that probably two years and three years of continually trying to get back into better health status and the like. Um, and then I started the last in like under five. So as a uh, youngest of three boys, sport's always been a part of life since day dot. And, um, yeah, suddenly there was this goal to need to improve health and, the initial goal was to run a half marathon that has now progressed into a full marathon in Sydney. And it sounds like the um, other benefactor of that is Shake It Up, of course, because you've turned this fitness pursuit into a fundraising pursuit as well. So tell us about your goal on that side of things too, because I believe it's a pretty specific number you're going after. Correct. So April 1st is when I signed up for the Sydney Marathon and uh, the half marathon goal started being tempted to go to a full marathon and it was, I'm pretty sure, Saturday the 1st of April, I was looking and looking for a marathon, couldn't do Melbourne in October, needed enough time to train, and therefore was looking at Sydney and thought, great, opportunity to jump on a plane. Took the deep dive and thought, all right, let's look and register. And as registered and finding the charity partner, Shake It Up was there. And so that was the case of such an easy, there wasn't a case of scrolling through. We'll have to do a few other little charity things at Christmas time last year to Shake It Up through the business here. And, yeah, it got to that journey. So when that started, the creative component and um, my wife, Tiani, in marketing director for the company as well, that 
that quick excitement too that it was like, well, what can we do here? And let's let, let's it was that opportunity you could see that was to do something with impact. So it was that component of then going through. So as we did, we did start looking around at different numbers. And the one that did stand out was the 38 people per day diagnosed with Parkinson's. So that next bit of going, all right, yeah, we, we know we can get to 10. What is 20? Do we get that real stretch target and try to make part of that journey and story 38,000 representing the 38 people per day diagnosed with Parkinson's? So ambitious, not sure if we're quite going to get there, but at the same time it is the fact that, you know, aim for the stars, land on top of the world. So we're super happy where we are at the 17, but that was the case too of really wanting to drive this and it just, just did become that clear opportunity to do something. And so therefore, yeah, it was really quickly grabbed. It sounds like the fantastic combination of, because we always talk about like fundraising and awareness being like two key things that uh, we're aiming for. And you found the perfect Venn diagram where they're doing the same thing um, simultaneously. So it's a fantastic goal, but not to mention that 17000 is already a phenomenal yeah. amount of money. Yeah. No, and as I said, super proud. It's not just myself. There's um, really proud to Dad's got involved. He's loving going around to his networks in Ballarat. Bailey that works here at Equality Support in our marketing team end up doing a lot of work in that space. Um, and then Tiani as well. So that's where we're sort of lucky as a whole collective team that it's a cold team effort to get this going. Certainly is like only made easier by the people around you, isn't it? Yeah, and the people that shake it up, their their marketing team and support as well, right from the get-go, the collaboration between the two groups does show what happens of more people getting involved to create a better outcome. So clearly this is something that you're very passionate about. Tell me about your connection to Parkinson's. Yeah, I was thinking about this too because it's been over three years, so I've got three kids, uh, three, six and nine. The three-year-old in, well, just went three in May, uh, Tiani and myself were in hospital and dad fell down the stairs. So at that point, it was sort of like a blackout. Was it a mini stroke? Not knowing. So as the journey went on for probably almost two years, most likely tracking to that as a real sort of turning point of something. So you could see a few little you know, changes, fatigue being a lot more, uh, some cognitive changes, physical changes, and was a fair journey from something to eventually getting the Parkinson's diagnosis that would probably be 12 to 18 months ago. So, yeah, that, that, that was the sort of that first part. And once the diagnosis came along, it was probably a real helping thing because it was then known, whereas that next level of not. Yeah, and I think in just that case, you've seen a massive change, decline, yeah, in the person. And, again, I think it's one of those ones that loving the sort of mission component of what is the combination of a cure or a increased ability to manage those parts. So that's where that connection comes with, yeah, dad's diagnosis. And yeah, again, that opportunity to work out that it's not just that person, it's all the people around. So you mentioned it seems like it was quite a while to get his Parkinson's diagnosis. Was that a challenging time when you were trying to figure out what was going on? Like I probably, the question would be better to hands, my father, because it'd be that case of him not knowing from our end, there probably wasn't too much because it was something and and that's where at that point it was almost this for me. I was like, yeah, has there been like little mini strokes and other and it was that component of it or, yeah, a few other different, you know, I mean, neurological possibilities, but almost the 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 need to know probably sat more with mum and dad mm-hmm. in that space. And, 
yeah, and not a surprise. Like as you go through and think, geez, mini strokes, or is it an early onset dementia, or is it a Parkinson's in that space? But yeah, great neurologist that he's got that, over that journey as well. And again, just that component. I think that as you then get to that point of knowing, to be able to start doing more specific support and other components to that. And then I think there's this next element that there's always that little bit of unknown changes that are still going to come in the future. Was Parkinson something you had much of an awareness of? Like what do you remember when he was sort of first diagnosed with trying to get your head around the disease? Yeah, I think it's what I was generally known, so it's probably not the same level, but it's really interesting. We've got so many friends in the same boat. So that even doing that fundraising component that I can think of three friends off the top of my head straight away that have a parent that has Parkinson's, someone who's, yeah, that they've had it for, I, I don't know, I'm going to say 10, 20 years in that space, someone else that maybe only, you know, 12, 24 months earlier or a couple other ones and almost identical situations that we find ourselves in. So have you found that useful having, I guess, that support system of other people in a similar situation? Yeah, I, I think it's that awareness that you talked about before, like as in there for what is unfortunately common and talking to those 38 people every day and then it's the people around them that as you start doing it, it's not a surprise as we keep doing this journey as well that you start finding other stories as well or even I am looking and subscribed to the Ballarat Marathon being I grew up in Ballarat. So that's coming up and Steve Monaghetti as the real ambassador of the Ballarat Marathon that his mother has Parkinson's in that space and Stephen's older than I, I don't know Stephen, but yeah, we went to the same high school, like with Ballarat people in that sort of space. And it's just interesting that sort of no matter which way you go, there does become this, yeah, huge impact that something that is, yeah, so many people in Australia. Well, like you said, 38 a day, that's got to add up to a lot of people. Uh, and the minute you start looking for things, you certainly see it. So there is a big yeah. community out there. And so how are things going for your dad at this point in time? How are his symptoms? Yep. Yeah. Pretty good, like like when I say pretty good, because I think towards the end of last year, uh, a community team through Barwon Health in the Geelong area, the, the um, geriatric examination team came out, I think it's like every day for two weeks and they do different, yeah, people that come out. And I think there's some medication changes and some other different parts. So it, it did produce a more stable component, sleep's improved. I think that's been a huge positive gain in, yeah, like massively slowing down those changes that have occurred, that this the fatigue level therefore gone down. You can see that fatigue will lead to other sort of cognitive difficulties just like any of us that as fatigue comes in. Physically walking varies a little bit in that space. The the sort of sit to stand out of lower chairs in those elements, it's fine. That's had some equipment modifications at home that make a difference. But then when you say hands comes around our place, there is that sometimes where going to get out of the chair and the legs are just not as stable as they used to be. And, and I think sometimes you may rush a fraction, but it's that time it works really well sometimes. And then other times it's just that next level of yeah, muscular fatigue and decreasing function. So overall, definitely I think this year has been a bit slower of a decline than previous. So hoping that that continues across this year and a few more. So as someone that is supporting someone living with Parkinson's, what's something you think really helps in that support space? Oh, and I, I think mum's the greatest support in that space for dad in a massive way. Um, there's probably an element of, like, I don't know, the one I try to find, like, it, it, changes are going to happen. You know, they are a case of 
inevitable. So not trying to overstress about those things that aren't necessarily in that control and trying to work in the now. And I think that's the part too where I've got a history of different jobs and now working in disability support of different could be acquired brain injuries. And one thing I'm trying to do at times is when supporting of just keeping one question at a time. It's interesting that humans and I'm a really fast talker, but at the same time, you sometimes don't deliberately ask three questions at once. But I think there's that element sometimes of just dealing with the now in that same thing because, yeah, changes are going to happen, but therefore try not to waste the time on those rather than just, yeah, what what's needed now. Mm-hmm. That's a really, um, like, your point about, I guess, like talking and communication pace and space really resonated with me because that's something I've noticed with my dad is we rush our conversations. Everyone's talking at once. There's a lot going on. And for him, he's found that his processing of language is a bit slower and then his ability to also form words is a bit slower. And so if we just really make sure in a conversation that we're leaving space for him to be able to contribute, he wants to, but if it's going too fast, you know, he can just sort of miss jumping in and then he's not getting to vocalize like what's going on. So that thing of just really like recognizing one question at a time, giving them space to respond and stuff. So they're still able to feel like they're a part of the conversation. Yeah. I think the only other one that keep trying to encourage about is, is, is utilizing the networks that are out there. There are professionals that have jobs for a reason. So whether they're an occupational therapist or some other psychologist or a like, I think that's that other case that you've got people out there that their job is equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, their job is about different dealing, emotional support to both the person but also then the other people around. And I think that's that other element too where as humans too, we often get into problem-solving modes and some things that may seem simple like equipments and seats and other, but we don't, we sort of probably leave it till we need, need that rather than trying to utilise those professions that are out there that can make the now better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Use the experts that are around us. Yeah. And so how are you taking care of yourself in this position? Because obviously it can be a challenge to see someone you care about going through a battle or seeing those changes develop, how do you take care of yourself? Yeah, it's an interesting question because whether I'm an unfortunate standard ignorant person too that I don't know if there is specifics right now, I think there's that case of I don't think I overly stress too much which may help and, again, try not to get too concerned, I think, as the different time comes. So probably just being aware, I think, like trying to have as best as possible and it's not easy in that self-awareness space but... I think there's that component to where I'm probably comfortable to wait a little bit, like wait and see what happens because, again, who knows what that is. Like it, it could happen in six months, it could happen in six years. Research and medication is there coming along. Exactly what does that mean? I don't mind saying too that I, you know, I mean, get the shaken up news feeds in Facebook and emails and have a read, but I'm not constantly looking at the cutting-edge research in that next level, of, you know, the interest rate that comes in, simply that leave that to the medical professionals. But I think it is the case of trying to work out what you think you need. And at this point, I'm pretty comfortable in this space that, yeah, the changes will happen, but at the same time, that doesn't make it the right approach. There's, you know, in trying people needing to tailor what they need for themselves and, again, being willing to ask for help. I think that's that power of vulnerability that you're going to ask for help. Yeah, that's a huge one, isn't it? And um, what would you say to someone who's just had a loved one receive a diagnosis if they're you those few years ago when you just found out about your dad? I think I'd be looking for those networks that I think the local 
Parkinson networks that are everywhere and looking for those parts. I think, again, probably trying to work out that if you've got questions to to understand what they are, like that, that next bit of like I'll call it Dr. Google is something that is the world and has a reference point like that for a reason. But I think there's the element too where not to get too concerned with the real negative element that can come with this and may come in the future. But I think it's the fact of looking for that support networks that are out there or, again, having a good GP. I think that's the case that if there's a loved one that those starting at the basics of who's supporting, that if, you know, I mean, I don't have a standard GP in that space. I've got a clinic but not that next bit, but for that same reason that if a loved one suddenly did, ensuring they're linked in with the right support networks, the worst the neurologist, but having that good GP. So as those first stages come along, you can take those questions and then take the next questions that come. And then as changes come along and, you know, the need for that GP input. And I think it's that that part of almost capturing what those questions are and then looking for the support networks around help. Brilliant advice. Love that. Before we go, tell us about your dad. What do you love about him? As you get older, you reflect all back on a whole widespread of life. And I think those innate or core values element are the ones that stand out. Um, he has given to the community so much. So uh, he's been involved with the Country Fire Authority, the Volunteer Fire Brigade Association in Victoria forever. I don't know how many years it is now. And I think it's seen those parts. I think that next bit too of a natural leader so he was captain of the Wendry Fire Brigade for approximately 10 years, served on the volunteer board and as president for, I'm going to say, three to five, then moved into different other board roles in that component. And I think it's that, that, that core values that they shine so much when you look back. And I think it's that component. Parkinson's has probably changed some confidence. Yeah, and I think that's quite a big change. Yeah, when when Tiani and myself went to Ballarat to say I was both running a marathon and wanted to do this fundraising link to our conversation before about almost stealing, uh, reducing the total volume of information you're communicating, there was this first thing of going and, and, and presenting it with a little bit because there wasn't a known outcome whether he would either be fully engaged and go great or, again, there was this change a little bit of, Almost not not the pressures that go with it, but the spotlight and all these other elements. And and right from the get go, he wanted to be involved. And you know, and that was such a great sort of secondary gain from doing this and seeing that next level of engagement and what's another that has just been awesome. That's fantastic because it's probably helped him on his journey of acceptance because it means that conversations can be started that maybe he didn't know how to have with people and other people around him in his community are then aware and can support him better. Yeah, no, it's been great. Well, it sounds amazing. I cannot wait to hear how the race goes and we wish you the best of luck with all of the training in the, the coming months and we'll keep our eye out on that $38,000 target. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mark. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.